I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. And there it is. Sutton United at the GM Foxhall Conference have put down first division Coventry City. Winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. And what a moment to enjoy for the fans of this Surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never one like this. But the whistle goes down. Unite for Sutton United. Sutton United, the National League, are through to the last 16 of the FA Cup. No longer English football's perennial non-league club. A 123-year crescendo reaches a new peak for Sutton United, who are promoted to the Football League for the first time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton podcast and it's another from the XU's News series. I'm your host Mike and joining me today we've got Danny. Um, in a moment we're going to be talking about Danny Bolt's career and his memories with Sutton. Um, but if you do enjoy the show, as I keep saying, consider supporting us for the one-time donation or regular subscriptions on Patreon. Visit the website suttonpodcast.com for more information. Um, big thanks to everyone who's supporting us at the moment and everyone who's supported in the past. Really, really glad you've decided to listen. Can't wait to share some of Danny's stories. Um, hello, the original DB7. Hello, hi, how are you? Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, I really appreciate it. It's nice to know that um, there's still a few fans out there that have got memories or good memories of me, um, as it's been a long time since I stopped playing, but I do miss it loads. <laughs> that, that was one of the uh, questions we're going to kind of talk to um because I, I saw, I think it was an interview you did with a Fulham thing um, a couple of years ago, and you'd mentioned yep. you've even knocked, um, knocked the Vets football in the head as well, have you? Yeah, I got a bit too um, overweight to start still playing football. Um, and uh, I was getting to a stage with it where um, I was playing in a really good team, Sunday team, um, and we sort of like got to a bit where a few of the boys that were slightly older than me stopped playing. And that was, that was really <laughs> the reason why we played, was really for the dressing room. We, we were playing friendlies um, and we were winning quite comfortably and it just got to a stage where your mind thinks you can do what your body can't. <laughs> so um, we waved the white flag and give up and let the youngsters take over here, which was yeah. quite sad really. Like uh, A lot of the boys went to go and play golf, which a lot of people do, um, but talking to them now, we all regret not p- still trying to keep playing on because we don't see each other no more, yeah, so... Yeah, we, me and my mates, obviously nowhere near uh, the same levels. We did, we did that at goals for a little while, and we used to rock up on a Tuesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever night it was, and it was really, really good for a couple of years. And then there was one night I was standing there outside watching everyone on the pitch, going, "None of these players, they're all people I know and like, but none of them are why I started this team." And it was yeah. kind of like the beginning of this isn't what I was meant to do. We we're all supposed to be talking to each other, and again, same thing. We were like, "Oh, should we play pool? Should we meet up and do something?" And then time goes by and you realise, oh, kids' birthdays is when we see each other. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birthdays <laughs> and, and, and Christmas drink, I've, I guess, is the only other time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it is a strange thing, because I thought this for a couple of years now, because 
the whole vets football. What normally would have happened is yourself, other players, would have gone into coaching kids and kept involved that way. But because people can play for much, much longer now, I think there's a little bit of a gap there where people aren't, they'd rather play on a Sunday than have a a bunch of parents shouting and screaming at them that they're not giving their little cherub the 10 minutes they deserve. Um, I mean, my, my son's 19 now, so I done like, I went through the football with him from like when he started playing, at, say, seven years old. He's still playing now. He plays for Merstrom under 23s and uh, Red oh. Hill. He's not a bad little player. Um, so, uh, I've, uh, yeah, I watched the kids' football, um, but I never really got involved in the coaching side of it. I used to referee and be and be honest as well. <laughs> Ended up being too honest and giving penalties when they yeah. weren't really penalties to the other team. Yeah, um, yeah that, so yeah, that's I, don't, I did that instead, yeah. That's always the way when people do the refereeing of their own. You overcompensate your own you side, yeah. Go, oh, I don't yeah. want to be seen, and you go the wrong way. Um, yeah, exactly. It's always difficult. Um, but just I kind of mentioned it's nice that people still remember you. We we do have lots of new supporters. I'm sure you've, you've kind of seen what's happened at Sutton. Um, so just give them a little run through of, of your sort of a potted history of your 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 career. I know it started what, just at Sutton or, or my full no, career. The, the whole the whole way through, if you if you can remember some of them. Oh dear! Um, I've right, so the web page now, so it's down to you. Okay, so uh, yeah, so I started um, as a kid just playing Sunday football, Saturday and Sunday football. Um, I moved over from London when I was about eight years old. Played for Stonely Boys, went to Oriel, um, played for Bookham Colts, um, and then I got scouted for Tottenham. I'm a, I'm a massive Tottenham fan, so I was at Tottenham. Uh, funny enough, Ted Powell scouted me, who's uh, a Sutton United icon as well. Um, an absolute unbelievable coach and a, and a, a really lovely man. Uh, really spoke quietly, um, but was just brilliant in my football development early on. Um, so he scouted me along with, um, and Ted Shepherd done it with him for the, for a couple of years, and then Dave Wall took over. So they're all like associated to Sutton United um, and Tottenham at the time. You had Keith Blunt involved. I think Keith Walden went there. So there was a lot of like Tottenham connection with Sutton United. Um, I got up until I was 16 at Tottenham. Um, and deemed not quite good enough, um, which was qu- obviously quite heartbreaking. Um, but I just wanted to be a professional footballer. Um, luckily enough, I, again, going back to Sutton, it all links in. Uh, luckily enough, um, the f- director of football now, Terry Bullivant, had known yeah. me since I was a kid, watched me play, tried to scout me for Fulham, got told that you've got no chance because Danny's at, at Tottenham and he's a Tottenham fan. Um, and the minute I got let go from, from uh, Tottenham, he was on the phone to me, asked me to come down to Fulham because he was youth team manager at the time. Um, he offered me an apprenticeship. Um, unfortunately, Terry only stayed about four, four or five months into my apprenticeship. He, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, the best coach I've ever had. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. Uh, all the boys in my age group still talk about him. Like we had Robbie Aworth, who's obviously at Sutton. Michael Myerson, that was my age group. Um, we all love Terry. Um, and he left uh, because of stuff going on at the club. Um, so I carried on doing my apprenticeship there. Um, Theo Foley took over ex-Arsenal. Um, luckily enough, I got my pro there. Um, played a handful of games in the first team. Obviously, lower league clubs, change of managers, you know, different things happen. Um, got let go when I was 20 um, and went to Slough in the conference under Brian McDermott. Uh, had a really good two years there. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of unfortunately with this. Unfortunately, um, they wanted to put Something, something ridiculous, like 35 or 50 new seats into Slough. We'd finished like 6th or 7th in the conference, got to the semi-final trophy. Really, really good side. Um, a couple of them went on to pro, Lloyd Awusu. Um, but we had like really old, um, good heads there, old pros. Um, and the chairman weren't interested, so they demoted Slough right the way back down the leagues. And it was like a quick fire sale to get everyone a club. Um, I ended up going to Woking, who was obviously in the conference at the time, uh, one of the top sides. Um, uh, then I lost my mum in that sort of time period, so I sort of give up football for a few months. Um, found it hard to get back into it. Um, I left Woking in, I think it was 1999, and I went to Sutton. Um, John knew me, um, being like a local lad. I've done a little bit of coaching for him in his, in his uh, soccer schools that he did during the summer holidays, um, and he got me down there. And um, the first year, I was, I was there two separate periods. Um, First year I was there, um, it was really good. I was friends with Paul Hartford, so he said to come down to Sutton, John Wancher. Uh, we had Dave Harlow there. We had a lot of older players there at the time. Andy Riley was doing bits and pieces. And I had a really good season at Sutton. And hand on my heart, probably got a bit too above myself. 
and thought, you know what, I want to move some. I'm being honest now. I wanted to move somewhere for a bit more money. I I just started a young family. Um, people were offering me more money, um, and I went to Kingstonians. I know you can boo me. Um, I hated it there. Um, that club went into again another unfortunate situation. That went into administration a few months when I was there. Um, I eventually moved to Canvey. Um, I got out of there and moved to Canvey. We were top of the league, like you know them and Gravesend at the time. Um, then the following pre-season, Canvey just brought a load of players in, and I was I felt I was going to get limited time on the pitch. So I made the uh, SOS call to John, begged to come back, took less money than I was on before, but I just wanted to come back to Sutton. So. Uh, the money thing didn't work out. Uh, yes, yeah, so I come back to Sutton um, for a second time and had another really good season. Um, a few of like my mates were there. Robbie Ayworth was playing. Um, we had a, a younger team that time. Paul Honey, Nick Bailey, Scotty Corbett was there. You know, we had a re- really, I thought, a really good side in it. Just a brilliant set of lads. And obviously, it was a local club to me. Um, like I said, I just started a family. Um I lived on St Margaret's Avenue, just off of Gander Green Lane. Oh. Um, my girlfriend lived on Windsor Avenue, um, so I'd literally walk out my front door and I'm at the ground. And um, yeah, then I had my son, and um, it was difficult. Six, seven months with him sleeping. I was trying to learn to be a black cab driver, and my football suffered. If I'm being honest, in the second year, the second time around, I, I'm totally missed pre-season. My son was born in August, um, uh, so I totally missed pre-season. And I never really got my fitness back. And my priorities were obviously lied elsewhere. Which I, obviously, I love football, but obviously I had to, I, I moved into a house, had a son. Like I said, learning the knowledge I was doing, uh, I was working on the post at the time. I was doing all these different things and something I had to give. Um, and eventually, unfortunately, again, split up with the part, with the girl. Um, and I moved to, um, I didn't have a falling out with John um, per se. We just... It was just more frustration for me. And he just said, I think you should go elsewhere. Um, but we were very amical about it. And I went to Carl Shorten, another crap move, I know. So I pretty much went to Kingstonians and Carl Shorten from Sutton. And then um, I just phased out, really. And like I said, I split up. So I had a young son and it got to a point where I couldn't play football because um, it meant me not having it a weekend. So I took the, the choice. I, tr- I, I dropped down and played at Met Police with my mate Robbie Hayworth again. Uh, just to carry on trying to play football at a really low level. And um, eventually I'll give it up because I had my son every other weekend. So I think I stopped playing at sort of 27, 28. Yeah. Which is relatively young, yeah. But, um, great decision for me, for my son, yeah. for, for my relationship with him and to be a dad, which I want to be. But, you know, for me personally, my love of football, it was a really bad decision. But, you know, you've got to make these decisions in life, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, so, it also, I mean, there's silly things that have happened through last season. The players, um, one of the players went down with like some serious cramp, couldn't even walk. And I kind of went, oh, yeah, he'll be fine for the next game. And suddenly just went to me going, oh, my God, that you couldn't walk with cramps. So sometimes you forget that football players on the pitch are running around in that 90 minutes, 100 minutes, whatever it is, but a whole other life and other things going on. So it's really good to hear things like, yeah, you made a choice to say, Something's got to give, and I'm sorry, I yeah. didn't be the little. Ones, I mean, so. I mean, at that, at that time, obviously, we was at Sutton. We was only playing in the. Uh, it, it was then, obviously, you know, this called the Ryman Ryman Premier. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. the leagues have changed now. We have got Conference South and Conference yeah. uh, National. But yeah, it was. It wasn't. Um, you know, our training at Sutton was uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. If we didn't have a game on the Tuesday, we'd mm-hmm. train around the outside of the pitch. We weren't allowed to train on the pitch. We'd yeah. train at um, David Lloyd's. <laughs> if you know that, there's a hockey pitch there. Rockard's yeah. Astro pitch, we used to train there. Um, and we just did what we could. If the pitch was waterlogged, we'd, we'd go around the side of the pitch. Mickey Cook would invent a game up that we'd play. And it was just a laugh. That that was it, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was, it was was serious. Of course, it was serious. We all wanted to win. But obviously, the, the since I've left, the level of Sutton United have, has gone up. You know, obviously, we're a football league club now. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I actually spoke to Terry a few few months ago oh did you um, re- really the, the knowledge on that man is shocking <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. The, um, matt keeps saying he can mention a player a, a, just a random player from any club and terry like, oh yeah i know him or i know somebody knows him and look, yeah yeah how does, can yeah. you know this um yeah. and also i suspect i don't think he actually named names but i spoke to um tony Raines as well and he mentioned um some players have gone from something for more money because obviously we always know we haven't got enough money and he said, yeah often they come back um, because it isn't 
they, they just prefer the, the whole atmosphere at Sutton. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if I could have my career back again um, and it, and I ended up at Sutton when I did in 2000, I think it was, I wouldn't have left. I would have stayed yeah. as long as I could. But, you know, um, we make choices in life. Um, I, I was, I, you know, I wasn't on pittance at Sutton. I was on good money at the time, but it was just a, a bit of extra money a month. You know, you spread that over a week, over a month. That was the difference between me buying a house at the time when I needed exactly. to. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I made, I made yeah. that sort of decision. It was, it was around that time you mentioned, um, Nikki and so on, um, that we did have a, a really good team that we kind of was like, we could push on. But the board yeah. were like, we cannot pay the money. We cannot yeah, yeah. pay the money that not only to, that the players want, but the players deserve. Um, yeah. And they just wouldn't smash it. So at the time, I remember being quite frustrated, going, oh, this is so boring. And we're always going to be this low club. But then you mentioned Kingstonian and you see what happened to them because they spent all the money. Yeah. And you're like, actually, and then played I, it, think, yeah. I think I prefer our way, actually. <laughs> I, I always, always felt at Sutton, and again, this is not a knock on the club because I do love the club dearly. Always felt at, at that time, in my time, like you said, I think they was happy being in the Ryman Premier. I don't think there was any push for them to be in. Obviously, the year that I come was the year before they got relegated from the conference with Naz up front. Naz Akure was up front. Um, sorry, he was up front when you won and then he went to Woking with me, sorry. And uh, I think you lost Steve Watson that yeah. time. Maybe Mark Watson might have gone. You lost a lot of players. Yeah. Um, and when I come, obviously, that was the first year back in the Ryman and almost felt the club wanted to be in the Ryman. And like, yeah. like you said, when, we, when I played, um, I think it was Farnborough got a lot of money under Graham Wesley and they was buying loads of players and paying big money. And I think Sutton were always quite content with just being, knowing what they are, yeah. a great local club. But it, I don't think there was any, because obviously the move up at that time from Ryman to the conference, you know, you have to pay for travel. Big step. You know, it, it was a big step. And if you haven't got yeah. the money to do that, then yeah. it sometimes can burden the club, I think, yeah. So that's we, we felt the frustrating, frustration as much as the fans, but we knew, as players, we knew our limitations, you know, we knew we were going to have a good go, hopefully, you know, have a good FA Cup run, which unfortunately I never got one at Sutton at that time, um, and do well in the Surrey Cup. We won the Surrey Cup when I was there. So, you know, I think that was what the club was about at the time. We had a, we had a core off the top, yeah, maybe, between five and 800 fans. I think that would be about a fair for the attendance yeah. and that's what that's what the club was yeah you mentioned Naz um, he was uh, all over social media recently he um, was in a big um, French cup game he's still playing um... yeah I've seen that myself <laughs> I was un unbelievable he's he don't look no different he looks fantastic um, yeah. a quick story about him actually when I was at Woking uh, last game of the season I um, he was living like obviously local and he said what are you doing tonight Danny I said I'm going to Kingston work uh, Kingston Vaults so I took him to the to the to vault, he didn't know what hit him. He ended up staying at my house, and he said, "What are you doing tomorrow?" I said, "Well, I'm going to watch my mates play in a local Sunday Cup final." So we went over to Whiteleaf. Obviously, he had broken English. He was a fantastic guy, Naz. And we sat there, and I watched four of my mates get sent off, and the game get postponed. And he just looked at me and said, "What the heck is this?" And it was yeah, just a really good moment I had with Naz. Yeah, lovely, lovely bloke, really good footballer, yeah. brilliant footballer. But really annoying that he's still running around at a very good level. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, man. I don't know how he does it. Um, but so you, you did mention, obviously, you, you had knowledge of Sutton United before you joined us. Um, yeah. But do, what do you remember from your time of joining us? Was it was it kind of like, oh, this will do? Or um... Um, No, I think like I've got to a stage in, in my life, I think I must have been about 25 maybe when I come to Sutton. 25. You know, I knew that I wasn't going to go pro again. You, you mm -hmm. get to an age where you go... You know, I'm not going to get back into the programme, obviously, a pro game, sorry. Obviously, a lot of us that have been at non-league, there's a high number of us that have been at pro clubs, like Paul Hartford, David Arlo, you know, you get a lot of ex-pros coming down to non-league. And once you get to a certain age, you do realise you're not getting back in and this is what you're playing, the level you're playing at. Um, but I was happy to sign for something because it was local. That was a big thing for me. I knew a lot of the people there. Like I said, I went to school with Paul Hartford. I knew Dave Arlo. My next door neighbour when I lived in North Cheam was Jeff Moxie, who was the ex-physio, lovely bloke. Um, his son Martin was a Spurs fan and we used to go Sutton and Spurs to watch him play. Um, I went to Larry Pritchard's testimonial years ago when, they, when he played Tottenham. Um, you know, I'd always gone to Sutton United and watched him play. And at that time when I was 25, um, a lot of my mates come down and watch me play and they'd never been able to watch me play before. Yeah. You know, when I was playing at Woking, it's always a bit of a trek and obviously every other week you're playing away miles away and also I was at Slough and when I was at Sutton a lot of my my um 
local mates would come down and watch. So, you know, there'd be five or six of us in the come to watch me play. So that made me feel good about myself. Um, I was good friends uh, with Mickey Cook, who unfortunately passed away last, last maybe a year ago. Um, I was friends with his daughter. So there was, you know, there was lots of people coming down and it, and it did feel at that time and it, and it always has felt like a family club to me. You know, you've got yeah. unbelievable people working behind, you know, we had Rose, the tea lady, you know, just an absolute sweetheart. You know, I, I, I'm a fussy eater. I before After every game, she used to come with a plate of uh, sandwiches. One time she noticed I never ate sandwiches. So she went, why don't you eat sandwiches? I said, I don't like butter in my sandwiches. Next week she comes in, two plates, bless her. One massive plate for all the players and four little cheese and ham sandwiches for me. Just an app, you know, they're, they're the yeah. sort of people that we had at the club. And, and obviously, st- unfortunately, we haven't got Rose anymore. But, we, you know, there's a lot of Barry Aplin, fantastic man, you know, bless him. Um, you know, Bruce, I can't speak more highly of Bruce, how he treated me when I was at Sutton. Um, you know, I went to the game that you went, got promoted into the league. Um, I can't remember who you played, but you, I think it was 3-0, article. was it? Yeah, article. 3-0. Um, after the game, I stayed around and I wanted to just see Bruce say congratulations to him. And I waited at the bottom of the stairs as you come in, up, looked up to the ballroom and I always called him Mr. Chairman. I said, Mr. Chairman, he said, how are you doing, Danny? You know, in his voice. And he come up and he gave me a colour and, and he honestly, it choked me up. It was quite emotional. Mm-hmm. I had a bit a tear in my eye and just said, congratulations, you deserve this as much as every fan here and he does because he's he was brilliant to me at Sutton. He really was. He does a lot of a lot of quiet work in the background. He, and he, he's very um dismissive of what he done. Yeah. Doesn't, well he probably won't it. like this he probably won't like this story but I'll tell you another quick one. So mm-hmm. when I was at Sutton I was doing quite well and there's a there's a um like a a non league representative team called Middlesex Wanderers mm-hmm. and they tour and go around different countries and it's quite an honour to get picked from the level you're at to go and travel with them so i got called up for it and it was to go into gambia right? right so at the time it was in the eight it was at the end of the season 2003 my son was due in the august and i never really had the money to go and he called me into his office and he said danny you've been called up for middlesex wanderers this is fantastic for the club fantastic for you and i went okay when is it and he explained it to me i said okay he said are you all right for money with it and i said um well it's going to be a bit of a struggle and he said well don't tell john john Rains." He said, because he never got called up for it, and he's quite jealous about Middlesex Wanderers. He said, don't tell John, but I'm going to pay the £200 for you to go to, towards the flight. And that's, that says a lot to me about him. Do you know what I mean? Just a little thing that he didn't have to do for me, um, and he'd done it for me, but I'm, I was not allowed to tell John. Yeah, that was yeah. the thing, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to like that. There's going to be a whole bunch of players outside his door tomorrow going, <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> and this was, in, this was in 2000, so that £200 now yeah. is a lot more money than it was. Exactly, yeah. Um, so... What's your your go-to memory of Sutton United? Either your fondest memory, your favourite teammate. If you're kind of sitting there and you're going through your highlight reel, what what what's your? Oh, my highlight time? my highlight reel was um, obviously winning the Surrey Cup mm-hmm. uh, at Met Police Ground against Kingstonians. That was a, that was a brilliant day. Um, I, just the friends that I made there, just the people, the fans, and, and that sounds really corny. Cool, the fans, the people that worked at the club. You know, we used to get on the coach and there'd be 20 people in blazers mm-hmm. and you know they are you know some of them not here no more but they were just a fantastic people um i met new friends there a lot of my old friends you know like with, with john they used to say to used to say to each player when they signed you know who do you know so he'd be tapping you to get players down yeah. so obviously my best mate's robbie aworth he come down and signed um you know i nick bailey was a lovely kid scotty corbett was brilliant stuart hammond just Ryan Palmer. I can name all of them. Yeah. And I apologise if I miss any out. Mark Watson, Matty Fowler, Eddie Akamala. <laughs> you know, there was just fantastic, fantastic group of players there. And we all got on, you know, um, every year. We all we had, we had like a little fine pot that I run um, with the help of Scotty Corbett. And at the end of every year, we went away together. We went to Magaluf one year. For like Exactly, yeah, no laughing. We went to Magaluf, yeah. So, you know, we all saved up and we all went away. And, and it was, we were really good teammates. And um, yeah, no, it was, I probably enjoyed um, the second spell. Um, so I'd, like I said, I had one season left, then there was a season, then I'd come back for a season. I probably enjoyed that first year of the second spell mm. the most, yeah. Leads on to another question, the fine pot. Who, who put the most into that? Oh dear, there was a few. We had a, we had a bloke called Rob Collins. I don't know if you remember him come down. Uh, bald-headed guy. He was, bless him, he was a bit of a space cadet. I think I've heard Matty Gray speak. Done your oh, uh, yeah. the real Matt Gray. Sorry, not the manager Matt Gray. This is uh, the egg sandwich, fella. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could explain the fine pot to him on a Monday, 
oh sorry, on a Saturday, and by Tuesday he's forgotten. You explain again on Tuesday he's forgotten on Thursday. We could have had thousands of pounds out of him, but we end up having to just say, look, just put a fiver a week away, in, and you can do whatever you want because it, it, it was just mental what he would do. Um, you know, it's little silly things like flip flops in the showers, um, dirty boots. You know, just the normal yeah. fines. But he was one that springed out. He was late all the time. Um, and I think everyone else was like, we all like, you know, you'd hide someone's um, flip flops to try and get them to buy a five and chill. Yeah, it's stuff like that, yeah. I'm sure you're going to say Matt to be quite honest with you. Nah, that's <laughs> right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply so feedback time on the pitch so yeah you're either hanging on or you're desperate for a goal. Who are you looking for on the pitch? You're in trouble. Who are you, who are you looking for to, to get you up? I was looking for them to give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just like, I was just hoping for a free kick from 30 yards. That's the answer to give. Because this got, no, no, to, no, to be fair, like we did have really good players. So obviously the standout one, jokes aside, was Nick Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, you know, he went on to great things and obviously come back to the club. Um, we had good goal scorers. We had Matty Fowler and Mark Watson. Yeah, so it would be like... Uh, and also from wide, we had good good wing-backs at the time. We had Matt Gray and Eddie Ack, Eddie Ack. Do you know what I mean? We had good players. So I would suppose sometimes, um, without being big, if I was having a poor game, I'd be looking for Nick Bailey to drag us out of trouble, without a doubt. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Lovely. And you've mentioned the supporters. Um, yep. Can you remember any sort of supporters particularly or any sections of the ground that were either particularly positive or negative um, at, at the time? Or I can't, I can't remember. I, you know, I remember there was, um, is it, is it, um, what's his name? He does the website. Um, what's it called? Uh, Gandemonium. What's the, Taz? Taz, yeah. Dan Taz, Taz yeah. 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 So uh, I don't remember names so much, but mm-hmm. if I went to Sutton, I could point out, and they'd still be there. Um, I do remember, obviously I'm good friends with him now. I was friend, I'm friends with Anthony Nyman. Him and his dad was always in the same spot behind the behind the um the dug, the old dugouts. He was only about 13, 14 at the time. I always remember him. Um uh yeah, it was just, it was just and in the bar after the game, there was a there was a I, I heard the other day that he passed away, so I don't know. Like he had white hair like Christopher um Lloyd out of Back to the Future, and he had a son with him, dark haired bloke. He had a mos- oh, moustache. Yeah. He he they was always there. Yeah. Um, I heard what someone from Sutton they was trying to explain to me the other day, and I, was, I thought they meant him had passed away, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but it was just it was just like the same faces there week in week out. There was a guy, and I, again, apologies, I don't remember his name. Um, and um, he used to ask me to play pool with him every week. You know, we'd all play pool. One yeah. of the fans would come over, and I let him beat me. And it was like it was um, he was made up that he beat me at pool. Like it was just a, just a really good club. Yeah, Barry used no. to come in every game, Barry Aplin, after the game, we lose a draw and say, anyone want a drink? That was the first thing he ever said. Mm. You know, just it was just a good fact. And like, I think if you speak to maybe the the team before me, which won the league before they went to the conference come back down again, I mean, they would always say that on Thursdays, they wouldn't leave the ground till 11 o'clock at night on yeah. a training day. That sort of stopped when I was there because we had a few younger kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a really good camaraderie. Of, you know, we had nights out together. I remember one time we had a Christmas do. Uh, we played Hampton and Richmond away. I've got my mind was a mini cab bus thingy, Bob. He'd come and pick us up, drove us up to Old Street um, Aquarium, and six or seven of us was in, was in the swimming tub later the night. <laughs> like this, yeah, we just really got on just as a group of lads. We did get on, and, and mm. there wasn't no one really that wasn't there. Was I don't think there was ever no one that wasn't involved with the banter there. Do you know what I mean? Everyone got mm. on. 
the uh, the after the match, the players and Matt still come into that into that same bar. Yeah. Um, which a couple like reporters, podcasters, like I can't believe you're an EFL club and you still do this. Yeah, we. This is Sutton, though. This is what. That's the tradition what, of the club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it just it does help that connect. I mean, I joke around and point out that, uh, for example, Kobe Rowe is huge, and it does help keep everyone on side when you're not going to go into the bar and go, "You were crap." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and you used um, to, and 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 bless them. You used to get fans that used to say you had a bad game today, Danny, and you'd yeah. have to take it because you knew they were right. And yeah. they never ever, it was never malicious in there. It was never, no, no one ever said anything to you. Like, if they said to you, not very, if we lost 3 0, they'd say, not a very good game today, but don't worry, there's a game next week. It was always that sort of thing. It, it is pretty much still still that culture of, yeah. okay, that's gone. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and keep it going. And, and there, there's, there's a huge thing with um, a few players have just moved on recently and they haven't set the world on fire. And they weren't setting the world on fire, but still, it was like very few critical voices because it's like, what's the point? If, yeah. they're not, if, if they're not doing well, what's me slagging them off going to do? It's not going to yeah. do anything yeah. at all. Just um, give them a chance, give them support. So, um, but yeah, it kind of just instilled all the way down from Bruce, Matt, and as you said, um, less, it was even the tea lady Rose, uh, Rose yeah. used to it. All the, um, the tea huts, I don't know if you've known or noticed when you were there, they're all still roses. I know roses, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 All of them are still roses, even though different companies have been running them. It's like, yeah, you've got to call it roses. Yeah, because so, you took the um, you took the little steps down, didn't you, last year? Oh, last the year box, when you went up the shoe box, the shoe, went, shoe yeah. box. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, yeah. um, roses tea up was to the left of that, wasn't it? The, it the was. Yeah, it's, it's now kind of twisted itself around a little bit. And also, she's in the Hall of Fame. She, I think. I amazing. did see that. Yeah, which she thoroughly deserves it. Yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but you mentioned some of the uh the, the nights out, and this was actually the next question. Are there any stories from the training ground or dressing room that yeah. all the nights out that passing of time now allows to be told? I don't. I don't. There is <laughs> stories, but I don't want to incriminate anyone. So. <laughs> you don't have to name names. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's difficult when you're telling a story though, because um, no, that yeah, the, the, no. I would find it hard not to throw someone under the bus. <laughs> if that, if, yeah. So I'm going right. to abstain from that question. If that's what <laughs> that is absolutely fine. No worries. I'll get it out of you when we finish. But I know there was a story. I can tell something that happened before I was there, if you want to know that. Yeah, go on. Yeah, Sutton played Russia in in a a trophy game or an FA Mm -hmm. Cup game. Went to a replay, I think. Come back and there was two girls in the bar um, and they made their way onto the coach Mm -hmm. and come back to Sutton with a few of the players. And I don't know who was involved and I'm not saying who was involved, but I do know that something went on in the team bath and John walked in and opened the door and said, hello, I'm John Raines, Sutton United manager, and walked out again. That, that was just the only bit of the story that I can tell. So, yeah, that was the only uh, real funny. That's a bit of a folklore story, really. <laughs> nice. And the baths went not short, not the long bath, after that. They were, the, they were one of the best things at Sutton United <laughs> baths. They were unbelievable. Um, so we'll go back to the football. Do you? Was well, you expecting you... that as a story? Sorry, no, I wasn't. Is that going to be edited out? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, do you feel that you've um, that you achieved, underachieved, overachieved, or did about about as expected when you were at Sutton um, compared to other clubs at the, that you were at at the time? Um, I think I've done quite well at Sutton. Yeah, yeah. I, I think both year, full years that I had there. I mean, I scored a lot of goals. Um, I think I got maybe off the top of my head, like played probably played 130 games for Sutton. Probably got near 50, 60 goals, mm-hmm. which playing as a number 10 at that time is quite a good figure. I know I took penalties and I know I took free kicks. So that was that was a big like, chunk of the number. Um, the only thing that I felt um, that I underachieved maybe that my longevity of the club mm-hmm. finished. Um, I, I was really disappointed with the third year that I was there. So that was my second spell, second season um, that I left, obviously due to circumstances, but. Um, I left them just, I, I, I actually left just as, I don't remember, just as Tony Quinton had signed. Mm-hmm. Um, I left about a couple of weeks after that. And I think that you eventually finished second that year, I think, uh, could, because um, I was friends with John Nurse at the time and he was playing in the reserves at Sutton mm-hmm. and he eventually worked his way into the team with Tony Quinton. And I just felt at that time, if I'd have been in that team and what I, skill set that I had, um, I might've been added a bit, but at the time, I think Tony played midfield with, there was Paul Honey there, there was Nick Bailey and Scotty Corbett, and maybe they played a bit more of a solid three rather than yeah. two midfield players and me. So, you know, it worked out well for them. But obviously, I always felt like I could add a little bit to the side. Um, that's the only disappointment I've got. And like I said, 
if I had my time again, I'd have liked to stay at Sutton five, six, seven years and just been there. Yeah. But, you know, that's football. So I think we've we have already covered this one about why did you leave because there's been a couple of different times. Obviously, you spoke about MM in here. Yeah. Um, so I've asked you what you remember of time at Sutton, but if we were putting together a package of every single player, what one moment would you like Sutton United to have as Danny Bolt's TikTok? One moment would you like Sutton fans to remember? One one moment or one like one thing. I'd, I'd like I, to I, think I, that I was. I'd like to think I was well known for my free kicks at the time. Um, I think I probably scored maybe seven or eight in one season, one year, mm-hmm. and they were they were all absolute weldies. Which <laughs> nowadays you don't, you know like then days you didn't really have the footage, so I've, no. I've, I've probably never ever seen one of my Sutton goals play back ever again. I, I have seen footage. There's on YouTube. I think there's footage of the Surrey Cup final. Yeah. Um, I think it's Mark Watson scores, and I think I've seen that on YouTube. But there's yeah. So I'm a bit disappointed that some of my goals were never recorded. But yeah, my free kicks, I'd say, yeah. We can now say that they were all shindy. Exactly, they were all stuff. Deflection. You didn't yeah. mean that. <laughs> um, so I think you've probably, I know the answer to this, but as, as a club, how does Sutton compare to other clubs that you played for, both whilst you were playing and after you finished? Um, while I was playing, it, it was always, like I said, always a well-run club, never went above its limitations. If you could accept that, and obviously... For you as fans as well, like you've said, you know, um, you got frustrated with it, but you, you accept that you would have, you was obviously there was Woking in Surrey, but you was you we are the best run club in Surrey at that time. Woking obviously were a little bit higher, but we were the best run club. We you know run better than Carl Shorten, Kingstonians. You know they're the big three teams in really aren't they, in, in Surrey. Um, since I've left, I would have to say that what Sutton do for their old players is unbelievable. You're always made to feel welcome there by the board. You know, you turn up there and people come up to you and, and, and you know, I'm 40, nearly 47 now, forgotten a little bit of my football career. And I go down there and you get, like, you know, with this podcast, you get reminded that you was once an half-decent player or you meant something to someone. You know, like, um, there's one guy i got to mention because it touched me. Um, there was a programme where a guy called um, Andrew Youngman, I think his surname is, yeah. he done it. He done his, there was a little feature with the fans and they, you know, your favourite player of all time and he named me. You know, and if I could have that effect just on one fan, then I feel that that's a good that's a good football career for me. Yeah. To be someone's favourite player, it might have changed since then because obviously you got better players. But this program, and I, I and I texted him on on Instagram. I said, mate, that that's made me up today. Like oh. you know, it, yeah, it was really sweet. And like like I said, when when I go back to Sutton, I'm always made to feel welcome. You know, Mickey Joyce does a lot for the club. Um, a few years back, we was doing like a memorial game for John mm-hmm. Rains, which. I think stop now because the Astro pitch, because we obviously we could jump on that. We had the ta- the Tash Trophy, it was called. A lot of old players. So Mickey Joyce had a team and Tony had a team and we'd all get together and it'd, it'd be brilliant. Um, but always made to feel welcome. You know, if not that I want free tickets, but if I text Joyce up now and said, Mick, I'll come down to a game, don't mind paying for the tickets, they'll be there for me. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. never, nothing's ever too much trouble for, you know, like when, when we got to the, um, the trophy final, I went to the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, like through through Mickey, like he sorted out the tickets, and you know, yeah, took my son along. It was yeah, just um, but I, I think yeah, as we were, that was that that was really game. Mad, yeah, because we, we were the better team. I thought over the the night. I just think when it went to extra time, they just had a little bit more on the bench, didn't they? And I think oh, we ran out of legs. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Their, their manager was uh, well. He said it in one of his interviews. He was about to walk over and shake Matt's hand and wish him and say congratulations. Yeah. And um, he was going to do it before the final whistle because he said, um, I didn't know what Matt normally does, whether he celebrates with his players or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. said, I just thought I'll see how this set piece goes before I go over there. And yeah. they scored. It's like, oh. And, and, we had the ball, and we had the ball up their end, didn't we, just before that, yeah. and we'd give it away. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, and I was... funny enough, I sat next to Martin Moxie that day, who, right. who also Jeff's son, yeah. And Jeff was sitting there as well. So it was like a, a bit of a throwback in time for me, yeah. But to yeah, see Sutton United at Wembley was quite special, to be fair. It was insane. Um, yeah. Seeing that many people supporting Sutton. Yeah. Uh, first of all, picking out other fans that you stand next to amongst that yeah. whole crowd was completely crazy. Yeah. And um, I've said this loads of times, it was the most I've ever paid for a seat for Sutton United. I've never <laughs> sat in it once. I was no, standing no, up the yeah, yeah. whole time. And um, as we were winning, um, I could just feel the tears coming. I was standing there yeah. going, I, if, if we win this, I can't stop myself. 
yeah, you, emotionally you wouldn't be able to cope, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they scored, and I was like, oh no, I'd rather be the fat bloke crying on telly, actually. <laughs> take, take it back, take it back. Um, but yeah, no, it was But just... it was good that, that when we was at Wembley that day, um, obviously you could walk around and obviously the different entrances all at the sudden end, but you'd walk past people, I'd walk past school friends and their kids, yeah. and I just thought to myself, and I've texted a couple of my mates about it, obviously Anthony's one of them, um, and I texted him and said, you know what, if, if Sutton just get a couple of hundred fans more out of this cup final, Absolutely. it's done it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, uh, and, you know, like, uh, uh, what are the crowds you're getting at the moment? 3,000. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah. People are walking around Sutton in Sutton gear. Sutton kits, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I work in, in Sutton. I walked, and I'm like, so years ago, all right, same as you, you recognise people, you don't necessarily know their names. Yep. But pretty much that whole 800 crowd, I would be able to recognise and spot and, and know who they yep. are. Um, but now you've got people that you're like, no idea who, who this person is, and they've head to toe in something clobber. It's like, this yeah, is, this is insane. and the thing is, though, you, you do you're like, obviously, you, every club needs their hardcore base of fans, but you, you we need as many fans as possible, don't we, to follow something yeah. because yeah. then they're, they're the next generation, you know. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're lucky that we, we've we've played Arsenal, that obviously got you fans, yeah, no, and got to a they, cup final, got promoted. Yeah, the, the Arsenal game was. They, I think Bruce said it, it's unusual because the attendance normally peaks for a little while and then drops off. But he said yeah. after the Arsenal game, it didn't drop off as much as uh, Marvin Adrian. didn't drop off as much as... As, as, as expected, expected, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, you kept, so you kept yeah. hold of the fans, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, it's hard for something because obviously you've got AFC Wimbledon have come out of nowhere, got yeah. in the league. Um, and they had, Wimbledon always had quite a big fan base around Sutton area. You've obviously got to deal with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't talk to me about them. But yeah, you've got to deal with Chelsea. Obviously, you've got Fulham. You know, you've got a lot of clubs yeah. around there. No, absolutely. And it's yeah. hard to. Yeah, but yeah, we're, we're there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I know your answer to this as well. Did you ever think that Sutton would be a football league club? Uh, I never thought uh, when I was there. Like I said to you, I never thought that you would want or get back into the conference. Yeah. And then once you got in the conference that year, when you you was up the top. <laughs> And I, like all oh, my mates were texting each other and thinking, are they going to do it? And I think I was like, they're going to do it, you know. And it just, it was, it was surreal, unbelievable. Just to, when you know, like things, little things, and you'll you'll understand this because you're you're a big fan. You know, when when Jeff Selling says Sutton United from League Two, it's crazy. It is crazy, and it's still crazy to me. And it and, and also for me, for me and a lot of the old players, it gives us a little bit more credibility. I was, was going to say we're this now to you. we're now ex players of a league club, even though we never played in a league. And you've got Fulham on your CV as well, and they weren't. Yeah, they weren't the Premier League team at that time. No, no, no. I played for Fulham in the same league as Sutton United. Yeah, so and just shows you, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, and obviously when I come, you know, Sutton were always a Ryman Premier team, weren't they? Yeah, or or uh, Ishmian League team, Ishmian yeah. League team. Yeah. Um, right. So I think I know this one as well, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. Absolutely prime time, Danny Bolt. What yep. skills or qualities are you bringing to the current team? I'd say I'd say my banter for a start. No, <laughs> that's about it now. Um, no, I uh, would say um, good left foot crossing ability was decent. It was just a lot of the other stuff I couldn't do or didn't want to do. Uh, <laughs> and I've watched I've, I've watched Sutton play now, and you know you have to be mega fit and you have to chase back and you have to work hard. And maybe they're the things that I wasn't either good at or didn't really want to do. So, but I, I, think... I would I would offer I think um, creativity as well. I think he would want to do it. And I've, I've spoken to Matt Gray a couple of times yeah. and after each call, I've kind of gone into my missus. I'm ready to give him 20 minutes. I don't know what's going on. It's just... Yeah. It's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and here's another one. Again, obviously you're very aware of Sutton. Yeah. Which player from Sutton's history, anytime, current team, former teams that you never played with, yeah. would you have liked to have played in the same team? As? Mickey Stevens, absolute brilliant player. When you say I didn't, I haven't played with him. I've played with him. I played against him in a couple of reserve games. Yeah. Um. I uh, have played like vex games with him. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Mickey Stevens because I'm, you know, um, didn't have that much pace when when I was member. Um. But had loads of ability, so much ability. So I'd probably say him from the older generation of players. Um. That would be the one that stuck out for me, definitely. And to be fair. I'd like to have played, and I'm not just saying it because they were my managers. I'd like to play with. I can't really remember John, but I'd like to see what John was like because the guy played at the back and scored goals up front, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and uh, I always remember Tony was always a good footballer. Yeah, Tony was a good footballer. Yeah. But yeah, I would, Mickey Stevens would be the one. 
I had one story from John, um, Steve Rogers, his cousin, and he was telling me that he loved it when the ball came in and John had to go up and fight with the centre forward and get a broken nose and the ball would then just gently roll to Steve who would then smoothly take it out. And yeah, everyone take would, it in, yeah. yeah. Everyone would be applauding him and he's going, because yeah. he's over there with a broken nose and I'm like, I'm getting all the, all the applause. Um, I mean, like when he gave his team talks out, John, he spoke like a centre-half, like everything was like, when the ball gets played long, feet and distance, you just head it. Like, I just, I'd love to see John in his prime just head of balls all day long. Yeah. And this is from someone who's not, I'm a creative player, but I'd just love to see John just header it all the time, yeah. You just want to see the Tash flowing in the wind. Exactly, the Tash is, <laughs> the tash is legendary. What, what, um, what a bloke, yeah. Yeah, and so, again, you've, you hinted at it a little bit, but what was your life sort of outside football at the time again? It's difficult for people to really realise, but you, you had other jobs while you were doing Yeah, and... yeah. So I, at the time I was at Sutton, I um, I was working on the post in Epsom. Mm-hmm. Um, I was training, like doing the knowledge to be a black cab driver, um, which, I, which I've done now for the last 18 years. Um, like I said, I had a young family. I've only got the one son. Um, he's come to all them games with me. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, like, and I drag him to the programme shop. And show him the program that where I was on the front cover, uh, so he's well aware of my Sutton history. And and funny enough, what meant a lot to me as well when we had the John Rains game, uh, there was also a, t- a time when we had a game against I think it was against Wilson's, yeah. some sort of Wilson's team I can't remember. And they let Reese play; he was only about fifteen, sixteen years old. So uh, I played at Sutton's ground with my son, which meant a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, hope, hope those games are always like everyone loves them. So hopefully, when the pitch settles a bit more. We're able to use it a bit more. Yeah, because that, that yeah, because obviously, yeah, that killed it for you know. Obviously, we all know that the, yeah. the pitch is important to <laughs> to the to the first team now. But yeah, yeah, I think we did lose a little bit. Not that I like playing on the Astro, I prefer the grass. But yeah. it gives you the opportunity to go back and play games there. Yeah, yeah. I still wouldn't walk even on the Astro because they, they used to do six aside on there, and yeah. I ran I ran a team, and I still wouldn't walk on the Astro. I still stayed off <laughs> onto the other <laughs> bit. And like, you you can come on, Mike. No, 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 no not sorry, yeah, yeah. Not my pitch. <laughs> I help at the ladies' uh, matches as well, and I put the post up, and I still walk all the way around because I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not stepping foot. Um, so what's your plans for the future? I mean, we all know that Spurs aren't going to win the title anytime soon. Not um, in my lifetime, mate. <laughs> no. um, um, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder at Spurs, so yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, so I go there um, every... I go every own game. I go... Mo- not most ways. I go summer ways. I go to the European game, so I'm back out to um, uh, Milan... Uh, for Valentine's Day, <laughs> uh, with a few of my mates, me, my son's coming, um, and I try and pop down something whenever I can. Really, it's it's hard because obviously um, Tottenham is my first choice, um, and to be fair, I haven't been this season for Sutton, and it might seem like I'm a bit of a glory because I, got, I went to the cup final, I went to the game that we went up, I went to the Arsenal game, um, but I do try and get there whenever I can. I I've been to a couple of games since then, um, but yeah, so that that's what I do really. I just um, like all of us would go work and our little bit of um, escapism and enjoyment in football, wouldn't it? So Matt would have been at Spurs similar I think he would have been a couple of years, two or three years below you. Would you have... Yes, I'm, I'm 47 this Sunday. So how old oh, is Matt? Is he 40? Is he... Thanks, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think he's 42. He... Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's a good few years younger than yeah. me, yeah. yeah. Because well, he's a big Spurs fan as well. Oh, is he really, yeah? Yeah, because there was a, a meet-the-manager evening and people getting very worried because I think Wimbledon had sacked their manager... And okay. obviously, we just got promoted. So, young manager is yep. with him. Done really well, yeah. Yep. Going, and people were just questioning him. Like, look, I'm not going to say I'm going to be here forever. I'm ambitious. Something matches my ambitions. Yeah. And I'm not going to go and blah, blah, blah. Mind you, if Spurs come calling, then it's going to see you later. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then he would never win anything. So, probably come back to Sutton. <laughs> so, back to Sutton, yeah. Um, we'll just get the conversation. But I think, I've, you know, like, you know, I'm not trying to, he's going to leave. But, I don't think anyone would begrudge him going on to further because what he's done, what he's given the club is, well, it's unparalleled, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's obviously we, we've got a huge non-league history and things are different. And you were sort of saying it when you hear Jeff Stilling saying about League Two. Um, I still look at, go to automatically see the non-league stuff, go, oh, hang on, that's not us. And there was, there was something saying best non-league clubs in London or something and we weren't on the list. And I was furious yeah. and I was suddenly like, oh, yeah, I know why we're not on the list then. But, yeah. Um, I can't remember. I was coming up. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a thing that's just come out today. EFL longest serving manager and Matt Gray is number seven. Three years, two hundred and twenty-seven days. That's crazy. Like, how? how out, of, out, out of the seventy-two clubs, because obviously not the Premier League. I think he. No, I don't think he included the Premier League. But 
it's like we kind of still feel he's at, or I certainly feel he's at the beginning of his story. Yeah. And yet yeah. he's one of the longest serving managers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's done an incredible job there. Well, if you do make your way to Sutton, um, yeah. come around to almost where the shoebox is. There's a little bit called the Curver that we've okay. christened it because it makes it sound much nicer. You'll find Dan Taz um, there um, with a few of the other Gandamonium lots. So well. is that when I used to take corners back in the day? Yeah. Was that the little section that used to dig me out a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. swingers from my left foot, yeah, a little yeah. bit of digging yeah. out, yeah. We, no, no, we weren't trying hard enough out. if it's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where we sort of uh, all tend, they, they sort of had to decant after the shoebox and they, they moved over to where... Shifted you I, down a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they moved to where I am now, which I'm delighted about, obviously, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um it's lovely to chat to you thank you so much for your time oh thanks um, honestly mate um thanks for thanks for um inviting me on you know like i said it makes me feel a little bit relevant you know and still thought of by Sutton fans but like i said whenever i go down there i know that i'm thought about and i even even though i only had two years there and 130 games like I'm, i feel very much part of it so absolutely yeah and like, and like i said congratulations to the club because it's been unbelievable the last five six seven eight years yeah and you yeah. fans deserve it to be fair you know, like like, no, like you said earlier on, you know, you've had to put up with a lot of frustrated, you know, yeah. like where the club maybe at the time couldn't or wouldn't push on. And now you've hit a jackpot on you. So you've yeah. got to enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, enjoy uh, the minute. Stressful, but mad. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's games like Bradford City. You're like, hang on a oh, minute. No. How are oh, we no. playing Bradford City? That just doesn't well, even when you, And even when you look at the conference sides that are in, the, obviously the teams that are in the conference now, Notts County, Wrexham, yeah. big, big clubs. Yeah. And Sutton are above them. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, it's mad. It's really crazy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to, well, I say we, Mrs. is more to Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Deadpool, yeah. Well, we've that, got them in the FA Cup, fingers crossed. Yeah. If, um, if Sheffield United, if they knock, I don't think oh, they're going to yeah. knock Sheffield United out. But we've got them, yeah, in the FA Cup. Yeah. I mean, that, that that would sum up a Spurs fan if we get knocked out by Deadpool. By well, Deadpool, yeah. Yeah, that would be it. The fella from Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But lovely. I will wrap it up there. Thank you very much, Danny. Um, lovely, I'll, Mike. I'll, I'll Lots let you of love, know mate. When this is all out. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Do hit me up in any of the socials at Sutton Podcast. Um, you can sign up to the newsletter as well, which is Sutton Postcard. Because ah, I keep missing it out. Um, but thanks all for listening and take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.